Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, Psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light.
Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiecka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiecka. Hello, dear friends. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share innovative thoughts with today's leading scientific and esoteric experts supporting the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring music, magic, and the evolution of the human spirit. No examination of evolution is complete without discussing the seemingly magical power of music to uplift the human spirit and heal the soul. Equally important to the evolutionary process is cultivating the expression of the human spirit within the structures of society. Can music not only feed the soul but positively affect the evolution of business and financial structure? Can the bonding power of music help us step out of polarization and enter the unified feel? With us this hour to delve into the power of music and the importance of spirituality in organizations is Bill Prossman. Bill, the author of More Than Human, The Value of Cultivating the Human Spirit in Your Organization, is dedicated to raising awareness of the power of music as self-care. He holds a magna cum laude degrees in performance and creative writing, concertized and performed for many years with a focus on bringing music to audiences in non-traditional ways. His work was recognized by the National Council for Behavioral Health with an award of excellence in 2014. His volunteer work has included board positions with Guitars for Vets and San Diego Veterans Coalition. He's been instrumental in connecting thousands of military service members and veterans with honorary tickets to the San Diego Symphony. His website quest.musiccare.net. Bill, thanks so much for joining us on Mission Evolution. Hey, Gwilda, it's great to be here. So tell us, what role has music played in your life? Well, let's see. Other than the little things like, you know, keeping me alive and making sure that I'm staying sort of on an even keel, <laughs> it's, it's been a whole lot of fun. And I've met people that I just would not have met unless I was there on the stage in a tuxedo with this big black piano. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> uh, I, I so understand. It's like, and what I find amazing is how when you are working with music and you're working with other musicians, there's a bonding that takes place. It's almost like family. Oh, it's, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to work with people in music that way. And, and I know we say work, but it's, it's actually play. <laughs> I've had the privilege of improvising with some amazing people. And to be in that space, it's like, playing the people who are better at you at tennis or in any sport, it just challenges you to go to a place that's further than you've ever gone before. So watching that happen, even in the audience, it's just like, yeah, those guys, they're in it. They're doing this thing together that they do that only happens when you're improvising music together. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. You know, and the other thing I've noticed is when you are improvising and you have an audience, it seems like there's an energetic perception participation yes. yeah yeah <laughs> participation there we go um that really changes the music doesn't it it does because you know even though you're about working with the other people in the band what's going on there is so exciting and so electric that the audience gets it too in some way and i've had that same feeling sitting in the audience and watching 
amazing improvisers work as when I'm there and challenged to try to be a part of that. But yes, it, it creates this bond. And uh, perhaps in, well, I'm, I'm going to be careful about this, but you know, in America, we don't really participate in music as, uh, as full committed musicians when we're in the audience. Oftentimes we have a level of removal from the experts on the stage and, and that can be, um, that can be difficult sometimes, but also it's an invitation. Because I think if you're on the stage and you want to connect with someone in the audience, first of all, the music's going to do that. But you have to trust that the audience member is also going to want to connect back. And music is just that great invitation to do that and, and to come into the circle and to see what it's all about. Even if you don't play or sing or do anything, you can still be engaged in the, in, in the energy that's on the stage. That's beautiful. It's like in the right hands, music creates common neutral heart space for people to choose to participate in. Yes, and you know that you've said that so beautifully because I think musicians can own that more fully than we ever have before, and it'll really change things. How old is music? Does anyone know where it originated? <laughs> oh, I don't even know. Um, they have ancient, ancient research. I think they found skulls from way, way, way long ago, 100,000 years ago, something like that. And they've been able to determine, based on the size of the skull itself and the features of the skull, the capabilities of those people for speech or song or just hollering. And uh, we've always had it. In fact, at one point, we were, we were set up physically to make bigger sounds than we do now with our voice. So it was a, probably a means of communication, but also, I think, a means of um, expression in many ways. The voice is so incredibly expressive, you know, the sounds we make. And I think what's sad in our modern day world is we have left the singing to the, the experts and we figure, oh, I can't sing. And it's like a part of our soul is locked up when we can't sing. It's true. And, and in such a short period of time, so 100 years ago, there were more pianos in the United States than there were bathtubs. Wow. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing for bathtubs, but um, think about it now. I mean, the piano was sort of the gathering place in the house. And we didn't have television, we didn't have radio, we'd, we'd gather around the piano and sing. And uh, that was an incredible thing for whatever, late 1900, uh, well, late 1800s, early 1900s, like leading into the roaring 20s, we really needed to have some form of resilience practice. And I think our singing was one of the ways that we did that. Why do you think we got away from that? Oh, <laughs> where's the soapbox? Let me climb on. <laughs> um, I, I think maybe flat screens. Instead of being a self-created, uh, not entertainment, but self-created community participative thing, our entertainment has sort of been distributed out now, and we get it through devices versus creating it ourselves. And as we've moved away from creating our own entertainment, uh, the, the devices have become the thing. And of course, content is everything now. <laughs> so we're not really encouraged to create in that space the way that we might have been back in the past. I mean, I'm sure we create great content, and that's not the thing, but um, the, the kinds of independent, what, how, how should I say this, uh, the family band is no longer a thing, <laughs> if that makes any kind of sense. It does. I remember when I was young, my, my grandmother and grandfather were from the South, and my grandmother played <laughs> a juice harp, is what she called it. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, and, and I would just sit and listen to her forever uh, because it was so alive. It was so real. And I just loved it. There's um, there, there's something about the South. And 
you know, I'm saying this as a musician whose primary motivation, I guess, from a child was to play ragtime music. And, you know, that's that's Southern music. There's something about the energy in the South that is so amazing for music. We've got New Orleans and New Orleans jazz and just the, the blues. I mean, where would we be without <laughs> without the blues? Uh, well, I don't know where we'd be, but there, there's that energy that comes from, I'm not sure exactly what, that just is different in the South than it is in the North. Equally good, both places, but there's an energy, you know? Doesn't the Earth put off that energy and kind of dictate what kind of music we um, are prompted to create? You know, there is a cultural aspect to that. I'm not sure how far into the Earth it gets, because we're now discovering that sounds exist in outer space, too, where we thought it was a total vacuum. Isn't that wild? <laughs> see how it is. But vibrational energy. So I imagine, and I haven't studied this, that there's a different kind of vibrational energy when climates are warmer than when climates are colder. And I don't know if that makes the expression of that energy easier in warmer climates or not. I hadn't really given it too much thought. But I suppose there's some truth to that, Gwilda, yeah. Well, if we're talking about vibrational energy, the Earth has its meridians, just like the physical body does, sure. and each meridian vibrates a little differently, and each place on the planet is very unique. I wonder if that plays in. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, <clears throat> there's obvious cultural music that's, like, if you look at the indigenous music around the world, you're going to find differences, and those differences could be in things like the rhythms. Polyrhythms are really amazing in those equatorial zones. Or you're going to find things like melodies, where in Asia, the melodies are pentatonic. And that's that five-note scale. Amazing Grace is a pentatonic song, for anybody who's wondering what pentatonic music is. Five notes. And uh, then you have the complexity of, of music in quarter tones. There's, there's notes in between the notes, you know? And, and culture, whole cultures that are great at singing quarter tone music is, how, how do you learn to do that? <laughs> that's just an amazing capability. I've never even thought about how to intentionally sing quarter tone music. And, of course, with today, it's all sort of blending together, and you can hear quarter tones in Western pop. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing that, this is, that, that the world's energy is, is expressing itself so beautifully in so many different forms and crossover forms of music these days. It is amazing. We have a little bit of time left in this segment. Would you mind telling us, what do you think is the most misunderstood thing about music? Well, that's also, I think, cultural, Gwilda, um, in America anyhow, we tend to not accept the full emotional component of music. We tend to choose music that we like versus music we don't. And oftentimes there's a lot of energy for us and information and, and a lot of care in the music that we don't like if we were only to explore it. Yeah, exactly. It shakes us loose. Maybe that's why we don't like it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it is time for a commercial break. Bill, Bill and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Shamanic healing is the key to personal empowerment. Why? All four levels of our being physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, must be addressed for us to enjoy balanced, healthy, abundant lives. Yet there are few provisions for spiritual or energetic healing. Shamanism, found at the root of all cultures, is a very effective spiritual healing modality. To find quality shamanic healing you can trust, regardless of where you live, look no further than find your Path Home Long Distance Shamanic Healing Program. All Path Home Long Distance Healing Practitioners have been trained and certified through Path Home Shamanic Art School change your life, live abundantly. Schedule a long-distance shamanic healing session with Gwilda Wiecka or one of her quality practitioners today at findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org. We're dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Our special guest this hour is Bill Prossman. His website, quest.musiccare.net. Bill, we were getting into some fascinating um, topics, um, going in different directions. I'd like to pull them back, back together here. One is you were talking about all the amazing rhythms that are, uh, you know, the, you know, we do 4-4 four, four here, right? And doesn't that... Our, isn't our brain, the pathways in our brain, actually affected by the fact that we don't embrace the, uh, like the African rhythms or this or that as much? And what profound effect can it have on evolution if we start exposing ourselves to things that we're unfamiliar with? Well, it's it's necessary. I think the the vo- those who are the evolvers are the ones who are seeking those other kinds of experiences to to spark things up. This whole this whole notion of rhythm, oh my gosh, four four is amazing. I love it. It's one of those. It's just part of our culture, I think, who who we are. However, take five, remember that, Dave Brubeck? 
there's a certain yes. kind of ride to those songs that are in 5-4. They just have this, I, there's something different. There's a feel about them that's, that challenges us in a new way to think about how we can swing in 5 and just like we swing in 4. So opening yourself up to, those, to the potential of something different, I think that's the real clue here. And music is a very safe way of doing that. It, it's difficult to go out there and take on a new sport for the first time and play with a, you know, an amazing team. If you know nothing about the sport, yeah, it'll be a challenge. It'll move you a little bit, but you're still out there. And if it's rugby or some football or something, you run the risk of physical injury. There's other things that are going on if you're like jumping in at that level. But listening to music is pretty safe. And if it's something you don't like, there's probably a message there. Oh, I can't, I can't click to this. You know, it's like Steve Martin and the jerk. He can't find the beat. <laughs> Go ahead and try to find the beat because there are places where five, four is going to work. There's, I mean, the, the rhythms that go on in um, alt rock, for example, the great American genre, maybe European, but blending five, four and four, four, blending three, four and four, four. There's a feel about that. That's that that'll get you out of your space in a very interesting way once you know what's going on. And it doesn't take a lot of intelligence to figure that out. It's more about allowing that. See how those beats rest in you when you're listening to them. See what they do to you. That, that's the evolutionary process right there. I know, again, like in, in Africa, they have such complicated rhythms that have been passed down for generations, each with a different purpose, um, that sometimes they don't repeat for, what, 12 measures or more? Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> African rhythm is incredibly rich and complex. Uh, there's a great little documentary banjo player named Bella Fleck, probably the world's leading banjo player. Yes, there is a, there is a, a, a whole respected genre around playing the banjo, and he's at the top. Steve Martin's another one, by the way. So Bella Fleck decides to go to Africa because that's the indigenous home of the banjo. The instrument originated there. He wanted to go and see what it was like to perform with Africans who were playing the original banjos, right? And he not only did discover that music, but he also discovered the rhythms and the polyrhythms in African music. And he discovered that these rhythms, like you're saying, are part of the day-to-day -day life of the people who are living there in that culture. The music that happens all day long is a part of it. You're singing while you're making meals, you drum after dinner, there's just, it's, it's all day long. And you can see in this amazing movie how Bella Fleck, who's, you know, the top of his game, evolves. In, in a few weeks, he evolves from this sort of Western banjo player to this uh, a musician who's making music that he's never even considered he could make on his banjo before. And, and doing it in a way that is blending with the indigenous music of like four or five different parts of Africa that he gets to encounter. It's an amazing, amazing transformational journey. And you can see it, you know, in, in this expert musician, how it changes him. And at the end, you're just in tears, seeing this man who's been so transformed by this musical journey that didn't take a direction he ever thought it would go. It's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Well, we saw that with the Beatles when they started traveling and picking up the sitar and this and that. I mean, it just opened them up uh, into a whole new dynamic of their form. Absolutely, sure. And you don't have to be at that level to to get music that way it can express so much to you that's so personal but you have to go for it you have to allow it you know, have to wander in there not knowing where the where the road's going to go and just be with something that changes you and see what happens 
You know, another point you brought up that I really love because I've experienced it and I know that indigenous peoples use it this way is when people are going through the day and they're, you know, using rhythm to work to, like you saw the blacks when they were doing the railroads um, or they're singing with around their food. There was actually songs that that the indigenous people would sing to imbue the food with love, um, you know, so it was purposeful. It seems like when that's incorporated into a society, we're starting to enter the unified field again. We're starting to be able to work together as an organism. Would you speak to that just a little? Completely. The music just doesn't have a, a different effect on you than on me. It has a similar effect. There are some things about us physiologically that we can't change. Like when you hear a loud noise, we're going to jump. And, and that response is, is part of what happens in music, too. But if you know what your responses generally are, like with pop music, we know what makes pop music popular, uh, you can guide that and use it to help a, a whole bunch of people coalesce around a purpose. Uh, the most common one we have in America is worship at church. So there's a purpose for worship. When I was on my honeymoon, my wife and I got to go to a, a, a black gospel uh, church service in Harlan. We didn't stay the whole time because we were there for about two hours. And during those two hours, the only thing that happened was music. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was like being immersed in this bath of connection and unity and joy and sadness. There was sadness there too, but it was all okay. And that, that huge connective energy around all of our emotions, everyone who was in the room felt this at some level, brought us together in a way that had we been able to stay longer, it would have prepared us to receive some teaching, to receive a message. You know, it was preparation before the actual hard work began. And, and that, I think, is a component that, that happens every time there's music, whether or not we're aware of it. There's always that unifying, um, it's, it's like a synchrony, some kind of, sometimes it's called entrainment, where our breath and our heart rate and things sort of normalize. And we come into a space where we're all breathing and feeling the same way. And, you know, we see this at concerts, too. Big, big stadium concerts where everybody lights up their phone. It used to be we lighted our lighters. Remember that? Everybody yes. lights up their phone now. But we're all on the same page in that moment. And working together without anyone having to tell us how or what to do, working together as one organism. And, and that, that can be such a beautiful thing, whether it's four people in a room or 40,000 all of a sudden join hands and begin singing in some stadium somewhere. How does that happen? Well, it happens because we're wired for it to happen, because we're wired to allow the music to work on us. You know, there's a stu several studies done on drum circles, and they take people's heart rate when you start, and everybody's heart's doing its own thing. Ten minutes into the drumming circle, everybody's heart is synchronized unless they're on a uh, medication or a pacemaker. Yeah. Now, that to me is pretty fascinating and has a lot of... Uh, um, application if we relearn to use music to unify. Oh, sure. And, you know, I, I love leading drum circles. It's one of the things that, that brings me such joy is to watch people who have no musical experience and don't want any just show up and become part of a, a, a breathing organism that's actually making music. That's, that's wonderful to me. But you can use that. So if you have a flat screen, which most of us do, find some drum tracks. Just you know, percussion or something, something soft that you can put on on a loop and bring that in before the meeting, for example, and just let it play. I know therapists that do this, and I've used this in meetings myself, and what happens is you get that entrainment. Without having to say a word, the little click that's happening in the background 
is just bringing everybody onto the same physiological page before you start the meeting. And that's really helpful. <laughs> it's a heck of a boost, isn't it? It so is. How, how does music and emotions relate to non-binary thinking? Oh, what a fabulous question. Uh, I had an experience when I was a kid where I, was, I played at a piano recital, and then I looked over after I was done. My teacher was smiling and clapping, but she was also crying. And it was the first time that I really got it, how we can be sad and happy at the same time. Like, human beings do that. And yeah, tears of joy, but there's also this, like you can have a blend of emotions. It's not always just happy. It might be happy, but you're remembering that, you know, your mother who is no longer with you couldn't be there at that moment. And then there's some melancholy in it, but it's beautiful at the same time. So this, this crazy ability that we have to feel more than one thing at once is such the antithesis of our binary world because it's like either or, black, white, you know, light, dark. And yet, as emotional beings, we have, well, some people say four, some people say eight primary emotions, but they can all blend, and they can all be a part of things. So in a feeling like um, resilience, for example, that's a great complicated emotion. It has the pushing forward, the sort of, yes, going to do it. It's got that energy in it that's a, that's a proactive energy. But resilience usually comes as a result of some tragedy or disaster. So you have that, that sadness about the, everything that's gone wrong. And your energy to push forward, which is hope or joy or exuberance and sometimes even anger. I mean, the United States was formed because people who were scared and angry decided to do something about it. That's a, that's a huge blend of emotions going on there, right? So this, not, emotions can teach us how to think more in a non-binary fashion once we understand that our emotions themselves are also non-binary. They're just this wonderful palette of color that we can mix. Well, Bill, it's time for you and I to take another pause. We will return to our discussion shortly, so you stay right there. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Now, don't go away. You're a skeptic or a believer. Join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 20... Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. 
But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org, bringing leading-edge information supporting the path to enlightenment. We're speaking with Bill Prossman, his website, quest.musiccare.net. Bill, there's a, a Celtic tradition that I think really plays into what we've been talking about here as far as emotions and being non-binary with them and all that through music. And it, there was it's the, the myth of the three harpers, and they would usually show up for, say, a funeral or a wake. And the first harper would pay, play this song of absolute mourning, and the whole group would just go into mourning. And then the second harper would come and play this song of joy. You know how the, the Celtic funerals always had these wakes and these parties. And everybody would dance and sing and remember the life of the, of the, the one that had passed. But it was not complete until the third harper played, and he played a lullaby. Now, how does that play in to how we can use music to re-engage our emotions and to process them? What an amazing uh, practice. I've, I've heard about this in New Orleans, too, where New Orleans funerals start out with the mourners in the second line in the band playing a slow tempo song, and then at some point it transforms, becomes a fast song, and the emotions transform with it. But I love the fact of adding a lullaby. I think our world needs more ballads. After you've had the, the depth of mourning and the height of, of ecstasy, of joy, it's time to regroup and gather and be more still, but still with, a, with big emotions in it. And that lullaby, the song of love, there's a, there's a way to come back to that after you've experienced the big emotions at either end of the scale, let's say. I mean, here we are talking binary again. But isn't it that way? I mean, you've got sadness and you've got joy and they're sort of opposite. But they come together in that lullaby where everything becomes right and you can relax into the comfort of, if it's your mother, relax into the comfort of the, the other mourners who are gathered there for the funeral. 
that's the that's the missing piece in many ways. I think, Gilda, you've you've just nailed it on this one. This is so beautiful. You know the. Um the joy and sorrow sine wave is how we evolve is by embracing both but isn't the evolution ultimately on that steady line in the middle and that would be the lullaby wouldn't it sure so i, I like to look at emotions as sort of guardrails down the road and you're, you're progressing down the road and sometimes you bump up against them on one side and sometimes on another and that is oversimplified but sure and and that 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 point of of presence where you're able to move forward with a clear direction. And, and by the way, the direction changes frequently, <laughs> but <laughs> yes, you know, if does. you're on it, you know, if you know, if you're on the path, you know that it, it, it feels like you're on the path. And in some ways that may be the, the best way of knowing whether you're on the path or not is, is whether you feel it. And to, to shut ourselves off from those feelings because we don't like them and we think they're wrong or whatever. Oh no! Don't please don't do that. They're they're just feelings, people. <laughs> you know, they're there for us. They're for our good. But doesn't that stifle the song of our life if we can't engage in all the frequencies of our emotions? Yes, it does. And you know, there's nothing harmful about feeling things. Um, and tension release it's it's part of the whole vibrational energy of the universe to have things that you know blink on and off and on and off and. And sound is just one of those things. It's it's the the vibration we can hear, unlike the vibration we can see or the vibration we can feel. You know, so the, these <laughs> the beauty of our physical systems is that we can train ourselves to pay attention to these feelings that come up, and to find out how the energy that's in them animates us in a really good way. In in indigenous societies, music was used to enter a trance. Does this ability to do so have anything to do with the healing properties of music? Well, I, I think so. Um, there's a stillness that comes when I'm playing music, and often when I'm listening to it, that I don't have any other way. And by stillness, yes, the voices in my head stop, you know, the internal monologue or dialogue or however many of them are speaking to you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that, for me, stops in that moment of musical presence. And, and I know people can get there through meditation and other ways, too. But instead of emptying my mind, the thing that is cool about music that puts us into a trance state is that it sort of opens us. It, it opens us to feeling. And when that, the chattery sort of left brain analytical mind stops, you're left with this beautiful intuitive uh, presence where your awareness becomes much more than just what's for dinner or, you know, the, the, the humdrum of the left brain. We used to call it the left brain. And, and that opening to a more uh, in-the-moment expression or experience or whatever the word is that resonates for you, being, I think, is my word for it, that's a beautiful place to be because that's the place where creation can happen. I was going to say, that's got to be the most creative space we've got, right? Yeah, it is, and anyone can do it. I mean, this isn't this isn't reserved just for artists, and musicians. The, the creation aspect of this is something anyone can do, and it's way beyond problem solving. I, you know, I, I I've been a problem solver all my life, but I've also been a creative, and the two are completely different activities. They're just completely different. What's change gears a little bit here? But what is music therapy? Would you mind describing that for us? Sure. So music therapy is a therapeutic relationship like you'd have with a counselor or a therapist or a doctor where you and the music therapist, board certified, licensed, um, advanced degree education kind of person, 
are working through a specific therapeutic um, issue together. And that's an amazing thing. Anyone who's been in counseling, I've been counseling many times, uh, trauma-informed counseling, there's just, there's such beautiful opportunity in that when you're working with a guide. So a therapist, a little bit higher level than a peer counselor or a counselor, um, because they are advanced degrees and board certified and licensed, often covered by medical insurance. As a matter of fact, in some states, you can, you can be covered for your um, music therapy. So that is an, that's an amazing profession. Music therapists generally operate in uh, clinical areas where there's something to do uh, with autism. Uh, they're amazing with autism, with dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, there are areas where music can go in those situations that nothing else has been able to go yet. No other modalities have been able to reach people in those places yet. Yes, it's fascinating, isn't it? Now, would you mind telling us the difference between music therapy and music care? Certainly. So, you know what music therapy is? There's uh, music entertainment on the other end of that scale where you're passive and you're just sort of in a concert. But somewhere in between music as entertainment and music therapy, there's an opportunity. And that opportunity is to take what music is doing for you and enliven that with intention. And that's more than just sitting there and listening to music happening. It's paying attention to the emotions that come up. It's challenging yourself to listen to music that you may not, quote, like. It, removing judgment from your musical diet is a great way to think of it. And we can't live on an all-sugar diet. It, it just doesn't work. And same with music. If you're on like an all-pop diet or an all-rap diet, you're going to need to diversify. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to branch out a little bit to get the full effect of what music has for you. And for each one of us, it's so amazingly different because it's the music we love that's our most powerful. So that oftentimes it becomes a practice of, yes, I have music that minds me and say joy, for example. But what's my anger music? And what if I had anger music? And how would it work if I listened to music that actually triggers my anger? How would that change me? How could that change me? Those are the, the aspects of music care that are really interesting and that anyone can use. There's no science required. But it does take practice. And if you want great results, you have to practice anything. So let's talk about uh, how we can enliven everyone's practice of music. How about that? Do you think that we can um, get this more mainstream? Because we've lost it. People just listen to the same old things, if they listen at all. It's background elevators sometimes. And yet this, this is such a powerful tool that we could use. It's a mindset um, in many ways, I think we have to change our minds about things. We've gone to experts for so many reasons, and mo most of the experts in the medical profession are overwhelmed. Um, psychologists are overwhelmed. There's too many people who need too much help, and it's just not practical, whether or not it's cost-effective, for all of us to be able to have all the therapy, all the care that we need. We're going to have to start taking better care of ourselves. So, yes. I think of necessity, we're going to be turning to things that are durable with thousands of years of, of actual evidence behind them to, to help us care for ourselves in ways we hadn't thought about for quite some time. It's, it's curious to me that in indigenous cultures, like the earthquake in Haiti, remember that in 2010? Mm -hmm. I mean, just pretty much wiped out Haiti. And yet people were dancing in the streets, dancing, and, and musicians were making new music that helped those people be resilient. This was their cultural go-to, and uh, we don't have that kind of cultural go-to here in America in many ways. I, I think there's 
there, there are aspects of that where things like rap music, hip-hop culture has been minding anger and fear for a long time, doing a great job with that. But we need to get more engaged in what we can do to care for ourselves. Yoga, meditation, so many practices. EFT is out there. There's so many self-care practices that we can deploy. And music, which has always been sort of on the entertainment side, has, has sort of lost its, uh, lost the general awareness of the power that's in it. People go, oh, the power of music, but how are you using that? You know, like, let's put that to work and see how powerful it is for you. I'll bet that's why drum circles are really getting popular um, in, our, in our culture today. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> I used to run one for the homeless uh, music folks that I taught, and we'd do it outdoors on the street, you know, in the middle of East Village, San Diego, which is not a great place, but we'd be out there and drumming away and you know cop cars would go by and smile and wave and it, it was such a community thing it they're so powerful it doesn't take you know an expert to run one anybody can pick up a hand drum and bang on it and it's so much fun to do as well as it, being so incredibly powerful it's healing you know well we need to take another commercial break bill and i will be back shortly so don't leave us now this is the mission evolution radio show on the exxon broadcast network www.xzbn.net If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. 
SimulTV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hydes can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. To suggest a topic or guest, email us, info at missionevolution.org. Our guest this hour is Bill Prassman. His website, quest.musiccare.net. Bill, we were talking about the healing properties of music and um, how there's actually a form out there that people use it as therapy. How can the individual start to learn what music they need when? Wow. <laughs> and we've got 12 minutes to hit this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like to take people through the process of sort of evaluating their music. So if you have a top 40, of, most people have a playlist of one or two songs that they love, but you've got a bunch of them. Think about how that music minds you for the four basic emotions, for joy, for sadness, for fear, for anger, and see if you can unpack from your top 40 list songs that really trigger you in anger, really trigger you in fear, of course, really trigger you in sadness, and then what we're all good at is really triggering in joy. And notice the distinct sort of overriding emotions that go along with the music for each of those four kinds of feelings. That's a great way to start, because if you discover that you're missing music that minds you in anger or music that minds you in fear, you know, those big emotions, they're, quote, negative emotions. Well, they're negative if you do something with them, but they're just emotions. I mean, they're going to trigger a feeling in you, but it's what you do with that feeling that can be negative or positive. 
you may not like the feeling, but we're laid out to feel that stuff. It's like, you know, playing a piano that could only play happy music. And if you went to play angry music, it would just sound thuddy, you know, not that that's not an instrument. You're an instrument too. human beings were instruments. And when we are aware of the music that helps us through all of those emotions, they become less scary and they become not things that we enjoy, but things that we accept. And this practice, practice of allowing, of accepting the safe experience of anger, the safe experience of fear. I mean, you've been to scary movies, right? You know, it's not going to hurt you. You're there because you want to be frightened. If you can do that with music, then you've given yourself such a jump on being able to safely navigate the crazy we're in right now. There's so much anger leaking out on social media, for example. If we could just put that to music, if the individual would allow that anger to come up and then use that energy for good, think where we'd be. Very transformative, isn't it? You know, let, let's come at this from a little different angle. Um, all of us have been exposed to music growing up. And sometimes we were listening to music that um, during a time in our life that was difficult. And isn't there an association formed there? And how can we tell when we're responding to music because there's, we're being triggered by it because of past damage? Right. It's really difficult to have music that's related to tragic memories or traumatic memories. But you can let that trauma go um, and, and reclaim the music for what it is. I think it's important, though, to notice that music is giving you big emotion. That's a huge thing. And then not to run away from it, not to be frightened by that, or not to say in some judgmental way that you can't feel that, because obviously you are. It's much better to allow those emotions to come up and just to be with them. It doesn't take long. A, a few minutes of being with sadness, a few minutes of being with anger is often enough to allow that feeling to pass. And when it does, you'll find yourself in this beautiful neutral place where you're able to choose the next feeling to have, right? Instead of just being led around by your anger, led around by your fear or whatever. And, and I, I have to be cautious on this too, because there's a huge happiness movement right now and positive thought and all of that, and that's good. But you can't exclude those other things. The, you know, the, the emotion of fear is there to remind us that when we hear a scary tiger to get the family together and go back in the cave and light the fire, that's a positive reason for fear. And those little reminders that come up and, and, and just say, hey, Bill, pay attention, whatever that might be, those are important things to know. They open the way to intuition. And more importantly, I think they open the way to authenticity. You can't there be authentic if you deny all your emotions. They're our navigation system, aren't they? They are, completely. Yeah. So, do you see music communicating what words cannot? Oh, yes, absolutely. It's the universal language, and it is because it connects us on an emotional level. And if you're able to offer music to someone who needs the emotion that you're offering in your music, that's a beautiful gift. How can we use the communication capacity of music to enhance our understanding of each other? Well, if you're in disagreement with someone... Oftentimes, it's easier to take the disagreement, put it on the table, and then bring up a piece of music where the two of you can resonate, maybe with different emotions around that piece of music. And talking about that, sort of triangulating it, talking about that objectively, allows you to experience the emotions of the other person. And a piece of music that makes me angry, for example, might make you sad. And that's fine, because that's honest for both of us. And unpacking how that music has made you sad and how that music has made me angry can be a great way of building a bridge that didn't exist before. Plus, if you're listening to the music, you're both getting an emotional bath that, that 
is going to help connect you in a way that only music can. There, there are many indications, such as you know, depression and suicide, that indicate our structures, both business and family, are failing us. Mm-hmm. Um, how can music play into this? What do you think is going on there? Well, I think we're seeing symptoms of, of, of waiting too long to attend to something. Suicide is a symptom of great depression and hopelessness and all of that. Well, what caused the depression and hopelessness back in the day? Let's back it up and see where those feelings originated. And oftentimes, the worst possible actions come from unfelt emotion. And I'll offer myself as an example. There are many others. But as a kid growing up, I didn't have a way of expressing anger when I wasn't at the piano. And, And that was... That was tragic for me because it wound up being stuffed. I just kept it inside. And packing all that kind of anger inside eventually is going to cause it to leak out. And uh, uh, along with being chronically depressed as a kid, I also discovered in earlier adulthood that I was pretty angry. And I found out that I'd just been intentionally turning off the anger every time it came up, which isn't, isn't a great practice. So I began to allow that anger to come up and play it to music to let it go, even when I wasn't at the piano. And, and that opened the way to so much growth. I, mm. I can't tell you how important that was. Can learning to appreciate multicultural music help us unify the planet? Oh, I think so. Um, using that movie with Bella Fleck is a, is a great example. I mean, he didn't go over there with any big purpose, but he got to Africa as one kind of person, and he left as a completely different one. So, yes, if that's a good example, let's follow that, because, oh my gosh, do we need to be able to to get together on things and communicate and, and coalesce as a planet, as a people, as a race, as a human race. Can we use music to better communicate with our children? Oh, right. The family drum circle is a great way of doing that. Kids love to make music. And, you know, <laughs> there's that whole funny thing about how you give your nephew a drum set for Christmas, right? <laughs> and yeah. And your brother but, hates you for life. Yes. Your brother hates you for life. Right. So, uh, but you can use that. The family drum circle is one thing that we've done. Um, and you know people in a different way when you make music with them. Even if that's banging on a drum, that's making music. You, you get information about them that you can't ask a teenager and get a response for. But if you play drums together, you're gonna, it'll be obvious to you exactly what's going on in your family. And it'll be equally obvious to the teen what's going on with you as the parent. <laughs> so that's a beautiful way of, of enhancing the communication in a family. Kind of evens the playing field, doesn't it? It does, and oftentimes it'll surface things that you didn't know were there. How can music enhance health care? Well, the, the great story on this comes from a researcher at uh, Massachusetts General who was a classical piano player and a surgeon, and he decided to play some music for people in, in, in the ICU recovering from, uh, from procedures. And compared to people who were not in the ICU, the people listening as they were resting to music had 50% less uh, need for pain meds. They turned down their pain meds by half. They turned down two stressors. They went, two stress hormones went down by 20%. Mm. But more importantly than that, the people listening to music in the ICU healed faster than the people who weren't, you know, in the ICU next door. So I don't know what we're doing with that information, but I've been in a bunch of ICUs with my volunteer work with veterans. And there's not too much music playing there, to be honest with you. Right. Um, We're just about out of time. But what is your vision for the future of music? 
oh, I'd say for the future of self-care, if we can create a, a, a generation of people that are curious about how they can take better care of themselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, but I think we'll have advanced the whole thing beyond where it is today. And if music can be a part of that, that's phenomenal. But let's change our minds about this and, and use the experts where we can, but don't wait for an expert. You don't have to wait three weeks to do something about your mental health or your emotional health. You can do it now. And even with your physical health, you can do it now. Just find some music that's going to work. That's where I come in. That's, that's what I teach. You teach how to pick the music that's going to work to help with self-care. Yeah, yeah. It's like the voyage of discovery. It's reacquainting you with a superpower that you already have. You just have to deploy it in a new way. Mm. Yeah, taking those beautiful, powerful songs from our history and creating new ones for our future. There you go. Well said. All right. Bill, again, as always, time has flown, and now we're out of it. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show. You're so welcome. Thank you, Gwilda. Our guest this hour has been Bill Prossman. Bill is the author of More Than Human, The Value of Cultivating the Human Spirit in Your Organization. He's dedicated to raising awareness of the power of music and self-care. He holds degrees in piano performance and creative writing and has concertized and performed with a focus on bringing music to audiences in non-traditional ways. His website, quest.musiccare.net. For our amazing past episode collection, visit our website, www.missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Wilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as this mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to our evolving world. We're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save.